This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Excellent production right there. Outstanding. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> the guys behind the glass are on one today. Shout out to the control room, big fella. Very nice. We have been talking an awful lot about Draymond, as you would imagine, suspended one game late last night by the NBA, so he'll miss game three tomorrow night for the Warriors against the Sacramento Kings. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Tua Tungavailoa spoke today and said something you are going to want to hear. We get to that in 10 minutes. But the phone lines are just fire right now, and we have to let you keep going. So that is what we are going to do. First up with Christopher in Oklahoma on ESPN Radio. Christopher, what do you think? Yes, sir. I think he should have been suspended. Why? I think I think they should have just gone with the excuse of conduct detrimental. I mean, that was ridiculous. That guy was acting a fool. Listen, I I can't ignore all of the things that were involved there. Sabonis has made some dirty plays. There's no getting around that. But Draymond has the reputation. He's never going to get the benefit of the doubt. And let's also say, I mean, let's at least acknowledge how bad it looked in the moment. Then he does what he does with the crowd afterward. Then he says what he says after that to the media, which is basically indicating there was intent behind what he did. All of that, plus his history, is why we're sitting here today. Well, yeah, and here's the thing. I'm not buying that part of it, what happened after the flagrant two, not factoring into the math when it came to the suspension, right? Mm. To me, Draymond potentially inciting a mob there in Sacramento, a road game for the Golden State Warriors with the commissioner on hand. Agreed. I I could understand why the league would want to be heavy-handed with the discipline just because they don't want a repeat of what happened years ago with the malice in the palace. And this is a a fan base that's fired up, that's riled up, uh, and and certainly what, what, what took place there, you could understand why they didn't want it to go there. So I get all of that. I'm just simply saying that from a playoff standpoint, recognizing that this game holds more weight than a typical game, You can't go with that suspension in this situation because not only did you decide game two with the officials taking Dre off the court, but you decided game three as well. But did they? They did. I'm not convinced that they have that yet. You don't think the Warriors have a chance in game three? They made it exponentially harder for the Golden State Warriors to stay in this series. I think it's going to be hard for them, even though they're great at the Chase Center. I mean, they're outstanding at the Chase Center. It's going to be really hard for them to survive without Draymond Green because this team's Achilles heel throughout the regular season has been the fact that they don't defend. Mm -hmm. Anytime Golden State wins a championship, anytime they go on one of these deep playoff runs, it's anchored on their defense. And who's the guy that, 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 that's the focal point of their defense? It's Draymond Green. You're taking him off the court. There's a reason why this team is three and six with Draymond off the floor. When he doesn't play, they don't have a winning record because they, they're even worse defensively. And that's not going to help. As a matter of fact, it's going to be exacerbated going up against the number one offensive team in the league. Randy, San Diego next on ESPN Radio. Randy, what's going on? Yeah, I think the NBA missed one of the most important objects of all of it. When the referees cut away to go look at the cameras, you look at Sabonis in the huddle, he's getting high-fives, he's getting handshakes from his teammates. That tells me they were really forcing or out to get Draymond and get him frustrated and get him, make him make a big mistake like well, this. Well, of course um, that was part of the game that, plan. 
Uh, as Chris pointed out, I mean, Monk did it earlier, uh, earlier in the series, and then you had uh, also him actually holding, Sabonis actually holding Draymond back from running down the floor at one point. Of course that was the point. Let's get under his skin and let's force him to do something stupid. I don't think there's any doubt that was part of the plan, and that's why Sabonis will firmly have a target on his back. And he deserves to have that target on his back. Now, we'll see if this becomes somewhat of a rallying cry for the Golden State Warriors, how the league is being unfair to them, how the discipline is one-sided in this situation, given the context and what Sabonis did to Mm. instigate that incident. But, uh, yeah, we'll see if the Golden State Warriors can rally around that going back home. I I have my doubts about that being the case. But if it's going to happen, you're going to have to have two key guys step up, big fella. You're going to have to get – the best version of Kevon Looney on the defensive end of the court, and you're going to have to get the best version of Andrew Wiggins on the offensive side of the court. Those are the two guys that are going to have to step up if Golden State is going to have a snowball's chance in hell at being able to win game three. Totally agree, and for me, it's Wiggins. And I don't know if it's asking a lot with he's just being back, but uh, sorry if it is. You know, you're such a big part of this championship team last year he is going to have to be the guy. Forrest in Los Angeles next. ESPN Radio. Forrest, what's going on? Hey, hey. So I think, excuse me, the NBA needs to look at possibly going into half-game suspensions during the playoffs. Right? You've got, look at Bill Embiid, Charles Barkley, Shaq, Oakley, even Jordan and Rodman on some degree. In their heyday, those guys were not, I mean, their actions, I mean, the there's a palpability in the in the NBA playoffs right now that, you know, cooler heads have to prevail. And those cooler heads have to be the league, have to be the referee. There's way too much at stake. That said, Draymond Green, all of this is kind of sort of catching up to him. And you can go all the way back to the incident with Jordan Poole, right, and his podcast. He's too big of a public figure to not have something happen to him. However, a whole game suspension during the playoffs is overstepping the league. I don't think we're going to turn uh, this into college football with targeting. You know, No. I don't think no. that's going to happen. No, I don't think the NBA is going to engage in half measures. Either they're going to do it or they're not. In, the, in, this, in this instance, they did it. And, and I think what happened after the foul, after Draymond Green stomped Sabonis, had as much to do with the suspension as the actual incident itself. Let's hit Felix in North Carolina next on ESPN Radio. Felix, what do you got, bud? Hey, how y'all doing? Good. That's good. I think the suspension was completely wrong. That is why people take the in the NBA as a freaking joke now because they just – it's not physical. And they want grown men to sit there and act like they don't have emotion. The guy was clearly grabbing the guy's ankle. It's like you in the bottom, bottom of a pal for a fumble – and a guy won't get off you, so you take you take your hand and you twist you twist their stomach and make their butt get off you. It's the same thing, man. Listen, you're yeah, I, I've been on the wrong end of some of them twists underneath the pile, and I can promise you they wasn't grabbing at things like your stomach. <laughs> I can promise you, you don't want to be you don't want to live in that world, bro. They weren't always focused you. on the football. I, I, I wish there would have been some officials that that would have had a quick whistle or threw some guys out for some of that stuff. But to his point. This is a different NBA than what we saw in the 80s and 90s in the Barkley, Jordan, Patrick Ewing era of basketball. They ain't doing that no more. And, and, and it's clear that this commissioner, even though he does want to have a good relationship with the players, 
he's going to make sure that he does what's in the best interest of the game. And in this particular situation, not inciting a crowd that was already riled up after this took place has to be a part of the equation when figuring out the proper suspension for this. And it not only sends a message to these two teams who have been awfully chippy through the first two games, but you're sending a message to the rest of the playoff field in the postseason that we're not going to tolerate this type of behavior. And I understand that too. I just wish they would say as much. It is ironic that Joe Dumars, considering where he comes from with all those teams, uh, is the guy that is at least making the announcement. I don't know if I'm fully making the decision, but certainly making the announcement. Here's Dumars on why it happened. If, if he doesn't grab his ankle, we don't have this. Here's the thing. Grabbing an ankle is one thing, and the referees dealt with it on the court, right? And so we, we, we feel like that was enough, that they dealt with it on the court, technical foul, Golden State gets one free throw. You separate that out, and you go to Draymond now, and you go, okay, that was a bonuses act. Now what was Draymond's act? And so when you separate them out... I'll say the three things that I, I said a little while before, the act itself, conduct detrimental, and repeat uh, offender, that's where you end up landing with the, with the suspension, and the other one is where you land up with the technical foul. So, I, I, you know, of course, if he doesn't grab his ankle, we don't get here. But, uh, you know, the act itself we, we thought was a little bit overboard a little bit there. Well, that see, was here's, Joe- here's, the other, here's the other thing with Joe Dumars just said in that clip right there. He's talking about factoring Draymond's past behavior. Well, what about the past behavior of Sabonis? What about his behavior in game one? You got the clips. Y'all see all the tape. Y'all review it. Y'all grade the officials. Y'all know the calls that they make and they miss. There were were plays that happened that crossed the line when it comes to behavior that's acceptable on a basketball court. That should absolutely factor into the discipline as well. And, And the fact that they only gave Sabonis a technical, that we're not talking about any fine to speak of, that we're not talking about any type of suspension in Game 3. I got a problem with that, man. I do. Like, Sabonis instigated this situation. He goaded Draymond Green into this, and now we're sitting there talking about, well, what would happen if Sabonis would have gotten hurt, if he would have had a bruised lung, or he's got the the sternum contusion that he's trying to battle through going into Game 3. Man, if you grab and twist the guy's ankles when he's trying to run down the court, he's susceptible to injury too. No, it just it, it didn't happen, but that that's a possibility. And we're talking about the stakes being ratcheted up because it is the playoffs. What, what, what happens to the consideration to all of those factors if you're the league office? I, I got a problem with this, man. It's not weighted equally in terms of how they're treating these two players based on the incident that happened in game two. I don't like it. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We shift to the NFL and there was an interesting comment made today by Tua Tungavailoa, and it was at a Dolphins press conference, first time that he has spoken in quite some time. And Canty, he actually considered retirement. I considered it for for a time, um, having sat down with my family, um, having sat down with my wife, and having those kind of kind of conversations. It would be hard for me to to, to walk away from from this game with how old I am with. With my my son, I I always dreamed of growing, you know, playing as long as I could to where my son knew exactly what you know he was watching his his dad do. It's it's my health, it's my body. It, you know, I feel like this is what's best for me and 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 my family. So, I mean, I, I love the game of football. You know, if I didn't, I would have quit a long time. 
We know he loves the game. We know what his commitment level is. Uh, I think it's interesting that he actually did consider it cons- because Kenty have never gotten the impression before that was ever on his mind. And it's always been the mentality, at least my impression of it, of an athlete who is still very much in his prime. No, why would I possibly give it up at that point? This does not, and to be clear, this is not the thing when you're getting older, if you're thinking about your retiring, you already have. I don't think it's that. I think this is more, um, while there was concern about his long-term health with that, that he just needs to go and play and is not ready to give it up yet. And frankly, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and tell the guy he needs to retire. I just don't feel like this is going to end great. Yeah, I have a hard time seeing a happy ending with this one, too, given what we saw last year where there were two and quite possibly three separate incidents where you're talking about this guy suffering a brain injury or a concussion. Uh, it's uncomfortable. It's unsettling. And I hear Tua when he says it's his decision in terms of whether or not he wants to resume his football career in the National Football League. I, I, will, I will say this. I will push back on that comment and say, he can make the personal choice, but he also needs a team in the NFL to sign off on that personal choice mm-hmm. because it's their game. It's their business model. Let's keep in mind a decade ago where this league was at when it came to the controversy around concussions. In the movie starring Will Smith that was called Concussion, and it outlined how the league office tried to suppress information that talked about the potential damage that these these subconcussive blows and concussions could cause to the long-term health of these players. So I, I just, you know, this is this is one of those things that's always going to be uncomfortable. You're going to have people on both sides of it because we don't yet have enough information. It's an evolving science, um, and we're learning more about it every single day. Um, so I don't think that anybody's in any position to make any definitive statement or as to how these things will or won't affect Tua long-term. I will just say this, the risks of compromising his long-term health get exponentially greater with each concussion, each brain injury that he suffers, and that's the part that I worry about for Tua, the individual, not the football player. Well, with that in mind, listen to this and tell me it's not a little alarming. They also told me that CTE wasn't going to be a, a problem. It's it's only when you're constantly you know, hitting your head against uh, something, so it... You know, I, I, I think that that tailors more towards, you know, uh, linebackers, O-linemen, D-linemen, guys that are, you know, constantly, you know, going at it. Um, so, it you know, that also played into the factor of, you know, my decision-making and wanting to come back and play. Yeah, I don't love hearing that. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't love hearing that because there's so much about CTA, CTE that we do not know yet. We can't even evaluate it in people that are alive, big fella. The I know. The only test that they have that's conclusive is postmortem. Uh, like, so I want to know the so doctor how can that you make, that. Yeah. So how can a doctor say definitively, oh, it's not going to affect you? It only requires, it's only people that have these repetitive subconclusive blows or that are, that are getting, here's the thing. Ask Troy you're play, you're play, that. You're playing football. You're getting hit. That, that, that's what you need to know. Like, Tua gets hit. Tua gets sacked. That happens. Your quarterback is getting repetitive hits on him. So to sit here and to say that we know that CTE won't be an issue for you 
after your what is it the third season definitively? I, I just I just don't know that you can do that, Chris. And, and so that's the part that's the part that's a little bit alarming. And again, it continues to raise an eyebrow with the medical staff from the Miami Dolphins and the people that they rely on support medical staff um, that they they refer their players to. Because remember what happened in the Buffalo Bills game in week three. You know, we were told that it was something going on with Tua's back after clearly looking like he had a loss of gross motor function. And then four days later, he's laid out on the field. His arms and fingers are frozen. It's called fencing, the, t- the, the medical term for it. He has to be rushed off in an ambulance to a nearby hospital. Like, I just can't give anybody that's within that organization on the medical side the benefit of the doubt knowing what we saw last year. And for Tua to come out and make definitive statements like that, it, it really is disappointing. It really yeah, is this, disappointing. This is not uh, James Woods, the doctor from any given Sunday in the <laughs> Miami Sharks, okay? Because that, that, that's what that sounds like when I hear that from Tua, that the doctors told him that. It's no, these men are warriors. Get them out of the field. Come on. Yeah, man. What are we doing? Uh, I, I don't know what they're doing, but I will say this. It, it, just, it just seems like an awfully risky proposition. And former NFL football player and now neurosurgeon Dr. Myron Roll said when Tua had his concussion after the Bengals game that he should strongly consider walking away from football. And, and that sounded more like a, a, a prescription rather than a, a, a suggestion. And so I, I just – I have my doubts about his ability to be able to stay healthy. I think we'll continue to see that until he proves otherwise and plays in all 17 games. But to sit here and think that concussions will no longer be a part of his football future after knowing what we know about concussions and how you become more susceptible susceptible to one after each occurrence, I, I just I can't buy into that. I can't believe that. I wish him well. I want nothing but the best for him. But, but big fella, I feel like we're in a situation right now where we're all bracing for the worst. I, I just hated the way the whole thing sounded. Absolutely hated it. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Canty, up next, it is time for your top five pass rushers in the NFL Let's go! (laughs) That's right, people. Dash to the draft is on the way after this word from Indeed. If springtime is kicking your hiring season into full bloom, then you need Indeed. Their powerful all-in-one hiring platform makes it simple to attract, interview, and hire candidates all in one place. Just sponsor a post, get matched instantly with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. You can even conveniently schedule and conduct virtual video interviews right from the Indeed website. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Get $75 toward your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors... 
you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court. It can feel impossible to keep up with, but we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News, because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Chris Canty, myself, along with Mike Tannenbaum, Ian Fitzsimmons, Jordan Reed, we have got you covered from pillar to post of the 2023 NFL Draft. We will be in Kansas City next week, of course, beginning on Thursday night. Very much looking forward to that as we do the dash to the draft each and every day at this time. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. i got to ask you one question, though, first. What's up, big fellow? I cannot get over this. I saw this this morning. How is it that there are still over... 1.1 million people in this country who have been getting DVDs from Netflix up until the last couple of years. Are you serious? I'm serious. They just now, just now, discontinued that part of the service. Yeah, that's strange. How is that possible? Who is still getting... Shannon, are you still getting DVDs from Netflix? I plead the fifth. (laughs) <laughs> Can't you? It was still generating $146 million a year for them. Well, if they're still getting money from it, considering what their struggles have been in terms of their company trying to keep sharing the streaming market, I don't blame them for it. If I it understand. If it ain't broke, then don't fix it. And apparently some people's Blu-rays and DVD players ain't broke and they continue to use them. Well, they're getting rid of it now. I, I, and it blew me away that people are still doing that. Yeah, that's wild. They're going to go down to the video store to hey, Blockbuster? Redbox, they still doing that? Redbox still a thing? I think they are still doing Redbox. And if they're not, it's been re- they're usually outside like 7-Elevens, right? And but, that, but that's so inconvenient, though. I, I just To have to actually go somewhere to get the movie and exactly. then have to take it back? Nah, man, I don't want to do all that. i got to be honest. I'm put out when I have to push a button. <laughs> Let's not knock Redbox, please, because those are like only ninety nine cents, and sometimes when you stream it, it's like three ninety nine. I'm not knocking it. I just don't want to leave my couch. That's all. Or you can wait until it's free to stream, <laughs> or I can wait for them it. to to send it to me in the mail. Wow, Canty okay. Carlin, ESPN Radio. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, football fan, let's get back to some football. This is the Dash for the Draft with Canty and Carlin. All right, it is time for the top five pass rushers. Here's Canty with the top five. Number five. All right, number five, checking in at 6'1", 281 pounds. 
Pittsburgh's very own Kalaja Canty and Big mm. Fella, if Aaron Donald wasn't so great, then I would say that this guy reminds me a lot of Aaron Donald, but it's unfair to put that kind of label on him. But the way that this guy plays, being able to get upfield in a hurry, he, he's the prototypical three technique, a guy that you can uh, you can rely on to shoot gaps and be disruptive in the opponent's backfield. I mean, he was outstanding in terms of his production, 27.5 tackles for loss and 14.5 sacks over the last two seasons, both of which ended up with him being a first-team All-American. He's got great football IQ, which means he's not going to run around like a blind dog in a meat house. He's not going to take the bait when it comes to traps and screen plays and draws. Uh, if I had one place where I could be critical of his game, it would probably be just his sheer size Mm-hmm. and how he can hold up at the point of attack against uh, d- double teams in the run game. He's 281 pounds. He's a little light, so you do worry about that taking its toll. But overall, an outstanding prospect. I love his potential. Number four. Number four, we're going to go along with my guy, Nolan Smith, out of Georgia. Checked in at the combine at 6'2", 238 pounds. He is an explosive edge rusher. When I say explosive, big fella, Ran a sub 4-4 40-yard dash at the combine. And the great thing about it is he's got the explosive first step to match. You can see that in his 10-yard split from his 40-yard dash. And also the versatility, he can rush from both ends. And you don't necessarily see that from a lot of young pass rushes, but he can give it to you off both edges. Uh, I mean, he's got all of the tools in his toolbox. He's got a nice long arm, which allows him to keep separation from opposing tackles that are bigger than him. Uh, he can also cross face. He can use the dip and rip. The one criticism that I have about his game is that he is a little bit light. He's 238 pounds, and you do wonder if he can be an exclusive rush-in, hand-in-the-dirt kind of guy. I think he's more apt to be an outside linebacker in today's NFL. Number three. Tyree Wilson, defensive end from Texas Tech. Mm. Now, this guy is a lot bigger than I thought he was. He's 6'6", 271 pounds, but doesn't play like it. And that's a good thing in terms of his explosiveness. Now, he does have that extension when it comes to being able to shed blockers in the run game. You get that. Um, the one thing that I would want to see is just a little more suddenness when it comes to his moves at the top of the pocket and being able to get back to quarterback depth. But he's got the length. He's got the athleticism. He can cover a ton of ground. He's good at being able to use his hands to deal with blocks. So I love Tyree Wilson. Wouldn't be surprised if Tyree Wilson was the first defensive lineman off the board. Number two. That would be one Will Anderson, 6'4", 253 pounds at the wow. combine. He's, he's, he's a disruptive player. Um, I, I think he's got the athleticism and the football IQ to be an every-down guy. I think he has the potential to grow into a frame that will allow him to be a defensive tackle in certain sub-packages similar to what we saw Justin Tuck from the New York Giants do. He plays the run. He's not just a pass rusher. He's got an array of pass rush moves. Maybe not the production that you're looking for in terms of, you know, a 15, 20 sack a season guy, but I think he's going to give you steady production, 8 to 10 sacks every single year for the next decade plus, and he has the character that you can rely on, that you can build your franchise, your program around. Number one. It's got to be Jalen Carter. And I said this going back to the 2021 season, on a Georgia defense that had Trevon Walker, former number one overall pick, 
that had Jordan Davis, first-round pick for the Philadelphia Eagles last year, and that had Devontae Wyatt, first-round pick of the Green Bay Packers from a year ago, and N'Kobe Dean, who was a draft pick for the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought this guy was the best player on that defense two years ago. Yep. That's how good Jalen Carter is. I, I, I struggle to find a comp for him because he's just good at so many different things. He's, he's a powerful man. He's got the suddenness in the pass rush and the run game. You can line him up over centers. You can line him up over guards. You can even line him up over tackles in odd fronts on occasion. He's got that kind of versatility from a position standpoint and from a scheme standpoint. Um, I, I think he's a little raw when it comes to his pass rush technique, but his overall athleticism allows him to overcome those things. So I just think – He's a really, really good football player. The only knock on him is that there will be stretches of the game where this guy just doesn't show up, and that's a little bit worrisome when you talk about investing the kind of draft capital that's going to take to get a guy like Jalen Carter. Okay. Uh, The only thing I'm surprised about, and this is just based on how you were talking about him a couple of weeks ago, is that you did not have Lucas Van Ness on this list. I expected that because – I would say two weeks ago, you were very, very high on him. Yeah, I'm still high on Lucas Van Ness. I just think the other guys from an athleticism standpoint have a higher upside. I'll give you one from uh, last night. I talked to somebody on the staff uh, for Kalaja Canty. Said there were times where Canty, he was so difficult that he would just basically blow up practice. We couldn't get anything done on the offensive side. That's how good Canty was. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a really good player. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. I like that list. I I can't argue with that list. That's a problem for me. (laughs) I can't find something wrong with it. I mean, mean, seriously. Come on. ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Should Draymond have been suspended? We have been taking calls on that. It's been hot on that all day. Lines have been... Very, very good. They are open for you right now. Up next, though, Giannis for Game 2. Are we going to see him? Mm, Some developments recently that suggest his status has changed. You'll find out what they are next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. It feels like last year, Canty. You know why? Why is that? Because I'm not going to take the Miami Heat seriously. That's why. <laughs> You're a bad guy, man. That's You're me. Bad guy. That's me. Bad guy. Hated by Miami. Our friends down there 
are not numerous. There aren't many of them. I, it, we're not trying to alienate Amber, Amber Wilson at every turn, I promise, but this is where we are. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. And what do I mean by that tonight, Canty? It's quite simply that I would not be playing Giannis uh, this evening if I were the Milwaukee Bucks. He has been upgraded to questionable for Game 2. I don't believe that Milwaukee, A, needs him to win this game tonight because I don't think the Heat are going to shoot like they did the other night. Oh, or So disrespectful. Or B... Uh, if they lost this game and actually went down two games to none, I'm still not worried about them. That's really disrespectful. So you're saying if they go down two games to none and the series shifts to Miami, mm-hmm. that they don't need to be concerned, that being Milwaukee? Did I stutter? No, you didn't stutter. I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to wonder now if we need to check you for concussions or CTE. <laughs> This is the NBA playoffs, and you are talking about a team that got to the Eastern Conference Finals and pushed the Boston Celtics to Game 7 in said finals. Now, Mm -hmm. they're also a team that's going to be without Tyler Hero, a a 20-point-a-night score, so Mm -hmm. I think that that's going to have its impact in terms of what the offense for Miami looks like. But we also got to talk about what the offense for the Bucks looks like with no Giannis, even though they do have an 11-8 and record in his absence. You're talking about a team that goes from fourth in offense – and points scored to 25th when Giannis is out of the lineup. So mm-hmm. Giannis's presence is going to have a huge impact as to what kind of offensive output Milwaukee's going to be able to have in game two. So I, I think it's certainly a bigger loss for the Bucks in Giannis because you're talking about the best player in the league than the Heat losing Tyler Hero. I think the Heat are more equipped to survive or sustain themselves with the loss of Hero as opposed to what Giannis brings to the party. Well, because the Heat are going to defend their asses off. I mean, Always. That, we, Always. We know that. Always. All the time. I'll never try to take that away from them. Uh, and I clearly am not underestimating uh, the importance of Giannis to the overall success of the Milwaukee Bucks in any way. Here's okay. my thought. Can they get through a game against the Miami Heat without Giannis? That's how I'm looking at it. If I had a question about it, my answer would be, let's err on the side of caution and not push him tonight. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think we're dead in the series if we go down two games to none. And I do think it's possible we could win the game. I mean, Kenty, without Giannis, the the line only moved from nine and a half to six and a half that the Bucks are favored by tonight. Okay, I still think like when we're talking about how the Phoenix Suns don't have the depth earlier, I think the Milwaukee depth is there to carry them in a game if they need to. Long term in the playoffs, no, of course not. In a game, yeah, I think they can win tonight. I guess my biggest question is based on the injury that Giannis has, how much danger or how much jeopardy is he in if he pushes it in place tonight? Well, it, it's because back, that's gonna right? that's going to inform a lot of my decision, right? Like, if, if he can't make it any worse and it's only going to get better, then, yeah, I don't have a problem with him trying to push through it. Even if he's diminished, his presence on the court makes things a lot easier for everybody else. But if this is something that he can make worse – then I'm with you. I think you have to sit him just because he's that important. But, again, you're talking about having to win four of the next five games in order to advance to the second round, which is a tough proposition, even though you're facing off against the eighth seed in the East. I I just – I don't think you take that lightly. If if Giannis doesn't play tonight, I don't think – 
I don't think the Bucs are going to win. Now, I'm not saying the Bucs can't win because we've seen how great Drew Holiday has been in moments without Giannis, including having a 50-point outburst during the regular season, which was insane. And we also saw Chris Middleton drop 33 points on better than 50% shooting in game one. So I'm not going to say that they can't win. I just don't think they will win, especially knowing that you're going to be getting another dose of playoff Jimmy. All right, but let me ask you this, though. If, if you're in a position where it's doubtful, maybe this is too much of a simplistic view of it from a non-medical expert opinion, but it's a back injury. I don't want to screw around with a back injury. And I know it's contusion. It's just when it comes to that, given there's so much still unknown about how the back works and how the injuries work with it, like I just don't want to err on the side of pushing them out there if I don't have to. And I don't feel like this is if, – if this was a down two games to none situation, I'd have them out there. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it in a game two. Well, I mean, a contusion is not a slip disc in the back. Like, I, I ain't a mm-hmm. doctor, but, and I ain't stayed at a Holiday Inn last night, but mm-hmm. I do know that much about <laughs> back injuries. We're talking about a contusion, essentially a, a deep bruise in his back. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know different pain tolerances for different players. You do worry, though, how that affects him and whether or not he puts himself in jeopardy of injuring something else because he's not himself. But, yeah, I, I don't take it lightly, the potential to sit Giannis in this game, because the Miami Heat, they – they do have a lot of credibility when it comes to playoff success. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.